guys, and welcome back to the Mindset Coach Matt Academy podcast. My name is Lindsay Wilson, and today we have a very special interview with Dr. Rob Bell. You guys, I'm really excited to, to talk to him because he's one of those people that, first of all, he's been in the mindset and mental performance coaching business for a while. He's coached at so many different levels. He's written, I think, like seven plus books. I think it's probably more now. Um, he's worked with tons of professional golfers and other professional athletes, and he's just somebody that I've really admired sort of from afar, but then I, I realized we've, we've kind of emailed a little bit over the years, but I haven't had the privilege privilege of actually sitting down and talking to him, and I get to do that today. So I'm really excited about that. He's as cool and as nice as you would hope when you want to meet somebody and just really... Um, generous with his time and with his knowledge and he has a new book out we'll put um in the in the podcast show notes called i can't wait to be patient and so that i mean but again he's got like seven other books but again that book really allowed us to really talk about patience and time one of my i don't just kind of i don't know about secrets but one of those things that like we talk about it in our certification and the the mindset of time and rhythm and flow and like it's one of those things that I don't think people really talk about enough and it's one of the biggest pieces that our certification students take with them and so talking to them about that and the importance of time and flow and being in the moment as an athlete but also as a human um, was just a really cool conversation and We'll put his bio in the show notes as well. He's so prolific and successful in all that he's done. And it was just my pleasure to sit down and talk with him. I think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. So enjoy Dr. Rob Bell. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Mindset Coach Academy podcast. You guys, today we are on with Dr. Rob Bell. Hi, Rob. Hey, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. We were just talking. You're like one of those people that I know you've been following me, I've been following you. And I literally started our conversation with like, have we talked? Because I feel like I know you, but really we haven't. It seems so weird. Yeah, right. No, it's good. I mean, we're, we're always falling around the same circles. So obviously learning from each other. And I mean, just stuff you put out so fantastic. I read the emails all the time. And um, I mean, you do a great job. So I'm, I'm just happy to be here and, and connect. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, likewise, and uh, got a sneak peek of your new book and was looking at how many books you've written. And I, I had, I knew that you were pretty prolific, but how many books is it now? So this was, uh, I can't wait to be patient. Uh, this was number eight. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. You, you does it think, get any easier? <laughs> it does not get any easier. And the reason why it doesn't get any easier is because, um, you know, it, there's not like a volume two or volume three. And I just kind of add like the textbooks, right? Like the textbook is the best idea ever because <laughs> you can go get volume one. It's basically the same thing as volume seven, but when they reproduce it, then they make you go out and buy one. With this one, I don't want to repeat myself. Yeah. So there's only so many different ways you can talk about mental toughness, mental strength and the mental game. Um, so it's constantly having to try and recreate that. And the other thing is my writing process. I would not follow that process at all. Now I write like for one hour every day, but like, I don't have an outline about what I do. I just write. And then I go back and kind of rewrite it. Mm -hmm. Um, and with this book in particular, it was just so difficult having it come together. It just, it wouldn't come together. It wouldn't melt. It wouldn't mesh. And I really, it was a big test in patience. Ironic. Well, there you go. 
yeah but this this one took me 16 months 16 months of head down and writing yeah wow it's impressive well i looked at a, a little bit of it last night and i got some questions and it, you guys so it'll be in the show notes i can't wait to be patient um go check it out and i really wanted to talk about you know obviously as we talked about earlier so many of our listeners are mindset mental performance coaches athletes coaches they're interested in the mindset of life and of sports and of course that intersection is fascinating to you and i and this idea first of all tell me a little bit about the book and what we just talked about like urgency um bias towards action like give us a little snapshot of that and then i really want to talk about how that applies to life and also how that applies to sports if you don't mind sure indeed and, and thanks for the setup i mean i like that i like slow pitch softball you know i mean that's yeah. great <laughs> Great sport. I mean, basically, it's we're designed to get from point A to point B as fast as possible. Like no one, I did it when I was out in Lake Tahoe, but we always, if we're getting in the car and we punch in the address, we are going the fastest route possible. We're never taking the slowest route. So the fact that we are designed to get from point A to point B as fast as possible, we're just pre-wired for speed. Like we want to get there as fast as possible. So if we pay attention to anything, it's like, what program would you buy? How to write a book in one year or how to write a book in 30 days or less. Right. So what happens is, is we equate speed with an easier path automatically, like in our mind. Like we don't even think about, well, okay, what's well, faster? That's got to be easier. But that's that's where we kind of get wrong in that. It's just, it's not correct. So with time being our most precious resource, I mean, you remember when when your daughter was born and just how fast that goes, right? It seems like a lifetime ago, but it seems like yesterday. So it's like um, what happens what I, and what I've seen is that we just do not have the correct relationship with time. Mm-hmm. And we need to approach the mental game through time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all our issues, we need to look at time as the as the starting point. And instead of looking at speed for everything, let's look at the rhythm of life. Mm-hmm. So this has nothing about being hard work. It has nothing nothing to do with without getting after it and being urgent. Like you need that, but you got to be patient with the results and you have to be patient with yourself and you have to be patient with others. Yes. And then when I look at my own life in terms of, all right, man, when do I get triggered and what was really bothering me, it was basically things didn't work out exactly how I wanted them to work out or it was technology, something like that. But it's like, time becomes our most precious resource let's look at the mental game through time you know i so so much of with our certification with our mindset coaching students you know they're building businesses and we talk we have a whole module on time because we talk about like the mindset of time and i think this is exactly what you're saying um Mm -hmm. and so i so appreciate bringing this up because i feel like all the time management stuff it's like we talk about time blocking or um you know, some things that I actually love, like the Pomodoro technique and like all these things. And it's like, but how you think about time and how you think about being busy and how you interpret being overwhelmed or feeling behind or feeling ahead, all of that matters. I mean, it it influences whether we keep going or not, for example. And so many people, I see so many people, the time issue becomes such a huge obstacle. And it's like, it seems like we're surprised every single time. I think it's it's so true, right? Because it's like even with like the mental game, um, like you can learn the techniques, but it's it's really starting with, hey, man, how are we looking at time? Because if you don't look at time as the most important resource, then you're not going to value it as much. Yep. And the issue is, is we don't value it until we realize 
how fast it really goes and sort of that supply demand theory, right? Like right. we are young or younger, we have unlimited supply of time. Right. The demands are pretty low. As we get older, the demands increase and the supply decreases. And now we realize the supply has decreased. Yeah. So then what happens in supply demand theory and economic theory, it's the same thing with this, right? We place a higher value on it. Yeah. And then to really only pay attention to that which is truly important in life that becomes a really difficult part because everything's important everything then and, and with urgency like urgency trumps the important if you hit somebody with something that's urgent throughout the day well that's not only going to interrupt with their flow but what they're doing but they're going to tackle it right away mm -hmm. because it's urgent i need to take care of it even though it's really not that important mm -hmm. so in and with that becomes, are we able to stay focused on what is important in life? And then we realize, and we hear it all the time, right? Especially those that are uh, that are old, man, what what is truly important in life? That has to be key. And I think it's the same thing. It's reminding ourselves on that weekly and daily basis, what is really important on how I'm approaching today? And how am I going to you know, take care of those 84,600 seconds of every day? So this reminds me of like the, the thing that I joke about is um, each child I've had has made me a better entrepreneur because <laughs> I have such limited time that it's like the value of that one hour. If it's four hours, I can get more done in four hours than, I mean, probably anybody else because it's so precious. Um, and I know that that can't, can't be interrupted. And so I'm interested from your perspective as you've you've been an entrepreneur for a while like how does this actually show up for you in your work like maybe some tactics that you've used some mindset hacks that you have like without giving the entire book away but how does this look like in your life yeah great great question there that makes me look it's um i think it is it's always getting back to you know, kind of what I just said, like, what is important? I mean, what is important to me? What's most important is spending time like with my kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love spending time with them. So I need to structure and take care of the day and everything that I'm doing at certain periods. So I can be able to take the time and like spend with them. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's just, that's just me. That's the most precious thing to me. Yeah. How old and are your so kids? with are that, it's, stuff? Oh, 14 and 14 and 12. Now my okay. daughter is 14 and my son is 12. So they're busy with activity. And like, we think it gets, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that was like, I don't know if I was ever told this, but like life doesn't get easier. Like yeah. it gets way more difficult, way more complicated. We're just now supposed to rely on the skills that we have throughout this. And yeah. um, the reason kind of why I share that is because I think the one tactic that has really worked for me is maximizing the transitions. And I know you talk about this as well, but it's got to be transitioned from um, in that entrepreneur mindset and work mindset into being able to shut that off and then to be able to come back to it later and then pick yeah. it up. So it's not, I'm not going to succumb to other people's urgencies yes. um, just, just to make sure. And I, I kind of make the joke. I said, look, you are, you are first in line right behind everybody else. Mm -hmm. So it's really just, owning that piece of time um, and making that the most important thing. Everything else lines up, work's going to line up. It's still going to be there. Uh, clients are still going to be there. And there are obviously times where emergencies pop up. I need to take care of that. Not a problem. But the basic urgencies that people have, 
uh, those those things get scheduled. Yeah. And then to maximize the transition. So, man, I'm being the best dad, being the best husband you know, as I can. Yeah. We talk about being CEO of your time, like rec- that first shift mm-hmm. of like recognizing that your time things aren't happening to you. You're allowing that. So you can choose to, but at least be in the driver's seat. I'm interested in what your transitions are. Cause I feel like I have my morning transition, like pretty dialed in. Um, I have my end of week when I do it, but I often get pulled away. Um, do you have a like after work or work to, to dad mode transition? Yeah. I mean, I would say that one, it's always just, um, it's leaving myself at a good place. So I'm going to be able to pick it back up. Yeah. So it's just kind of like the mental note of what, what am I working on right now? And then just really taking a couple of notes in terms of, so when I come back to it, I'm like, okay, this is where I was in that, Yeah. you know, whether it's going to be an online piece, whether it's a project. Right. Um, and then even kind of like with the debrief, see my, my issue is, is it never really shuts off. Mm. you know what I mean like it never shuts off I'm always thinking about the mental game one way or another from the moment I wake up yeah um if that I always say the first hour of the day sets the rudder for the rest so if that first hour of the day gets you know nailed down if that's quality everything else is going to line up it's just if that first hour of the day is wrong that's where I run into trouble like personally but I'm always trying to leave myself notes hey where do I need to pick up where is this project where is this task and then I can pick it up easier so that's how I try to maximize the the transition I think that's really key though I mean so much of the stuff is really simple that it's like the amount of energy that I mean we know that from research right the the task shifting but I think also just that next day I mean it's so easy to get pulled into like Instagram or emails or whatever when you're not crystal clear on what you're supposed to be doing in that first little bit. Give me one second. Yes, no. Challenge going another tooth for a birthday, like right there. <laughs> I think that's staying. I love it. I love you. Thank you. No, seriously. I know. She has one on this side and this side. Yeah. It's a birthday tooth. You get your extra tooth on your first birthday. I'm holiday. She gets two teeth. <laughs> I'm going to be up in a little bit. Okay. She has a cast of a scar. It's my um, youngest first birthday today. Um, transition. That's fantastic. That's you know, you know, in, you know, in whole, you know, in whole, I had no idea, like in Hawaii, like that first birthday for kids is like, that's the special birthday. Yeah. And I was always kind of fascinated by that because really early on in, in civilization there, like if you made it to the first birthday, that was yeah, huge. Right. And they just kind of kept that, that continuation. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there some culture where they don't even get named until they're first or maybe I'm making that up. I think you're right. Anyway, you're smarter than I am. You know, Mars is named. Sure. <laughs> it took us a while, yeah. though. It took us a while. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just I love the simple things, right? Because I do. I notice it's so much easier for those things to get first in line when you're not really clear on what that thing is that you finished. I mean, that like is such a good hack because I, I, you sit down in front of your computer, and I always tell my students, it's like you sit down in front of your computer with a head full of ideas and a heart full of passion. And if you're not sure what you're going to be working on, your brain screws with you. And it's like, Oh, and then it's like, you got to empty the dishwasher immediately because it's uncomfortable to sit there and not know what to do. So I think you're right. Just mm-hmm. even like quick little notes of what you were working on can be so crucial. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember with, and, and this will apply like for the coaches, like most important part of practice is the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. The first 10 minutes of practice, right? Because if that first 10 minutes does not go well, 
then the next 10 minutes, the coach is barking at them, yelling at them. They're right. They're flustered. And then the next 10 minutes after that, now we have to reset. Well, that's taken 30 minutes of time. Yeah. And it's, it's all one way or another, it's always getting back to our preparation. So how have we structured that? How have we set that up in terms of what's most important and, and how are we going to, you know, really attack it those, those first 10 minutes. Okay. Okay. So this transitions, I was just going to start asking you about sports. So yeah. we teach something called the braver, which you've probably heard about for a pre-practice oh, yeah. exercise. Okay. So when you're going, when working with a team, or I know you work with a lot of golfers before they get on the course, what do you teach? Um, to get people mentally prepared to practice in particular? I, yes, I always say we, we have to play the game, not the context. Mm -hmm. And so the mental game does not come into play. The way I see it, the mental game does not come into play when things are going really well. Mm -hmm. It will show up at times, right? Like under those pressure moments, mm -hmm. but we fall to the level of our training. So yeah. the part that I really impart to my athletes is how you're – when are you showing up at practice and when are you starting practice? Because sometimes they're a little different things, yeah, right? Okay. Showing up at practice and then when you start, totally different things. So, I mean, it's like, what works for you? Um, what are the distractions? Because I think the mental game is more about subtraction than it is addition. Totally. Being able to block out the things and remove the things that which is going to take you away from that practice and being yeah. totally immersed. The part about sport that I love and I think that we all love is it's begging us. It's just begging us to say, Hey, just be here, be present mm -hmm. because you, you kind of have to be right. I mean, that's, that's the gift of it. Mm -hmm. So you get to be there, but if we get distracted every couple of minutes, um, then what we're doing is we're not really working on the mental game and it's working on us. And that's, what's going to show up then in the competition. And so just, yeah, just one of those basic things. How are we showing up and, and then when are we actually starting to practice? Yeah, it's it's an interesting um, distinction, isn't it? <laughs> okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that brings us to some part of the, the how this applies to sports. So I want to go a little bit deeper because before I press record, we were talking about the you know you were with time trying to get to that place of. Um, being present and maybe we will go as far as flow or, or what have you and, and not having that sense of urgency, but also that's such a big part of people being successful in sports, at least early on. And yeah. anyway, uh, with that in mind, I would love to hear what your experience is. Maybe even have a story of an athlete, like how they had to shift sort of that sense of time um, at some point in their career. Yeah. Well, it's just open-ended enough. I could take that in any direction, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Trying to think of, um, I'm, I'm sure a story's going to pop in, but I'm, I mean, I think like you have to be urgent. Let's not mistake patience with not being urgent. Like you have to be urgent. Like I, there is no easing into a street fight. Yeah. You ease into a street fight. If you ease in to see how this is going to go, if you ease into this job, if you ease into this entrepreneur activity, yep. um, you're going to get you're going to get booted out because there's no way to approach it other than being urgent. So with that said, there is always the balance because you have to be urgent towards that, which is important. But what I see coach is that when now we become urgent towards that, which is unimportant, meaning putting the order in, making sure our food's there, hey, getting that oil changed, uh, whatever is really not going to be important in life, 
if you take a sense of urgency towards that, now what happens is now there's not an off switch. There is no, that faucet is always going to be on. When that faucet is always on, hey, where's the recovery piece? So yeah. and that's where patience comes into play because pace is recovery of the mind. We know how important recovery is, but all we talk about is sleep, nutrition, hydration. It's great. Nothing wrong with it, right? But I don't think we overtrain, so I don't think like we're too urgent. The problem is, is we're urgent towards the wrong things. Yeah. And we get urgent towards the wrong things. There's no off switch. There's no stop switch. And now we're overwhelmed, stressed, and and rushed all the time. That's as, as simple as really as I can put it. Be urgent towards that, which is important. Yeah. Better make sure you know what's really important. I love that. I I I know in my work, and, I, and really for myself individually, is like I feel like so many athletes that concept is is scary, right? Because what got mm -hmm. them to the level they're at, the PGA or where, wherever you're coaching, is like extreme sense of urgency. How are they yes. um, accepting? that sort of coaching and maybe how do they, ha what do they have to have experienced to be open to, to shifting in a new way of um, thinking really? It's a great, great question because I mean, I think there's just a wrong conception of patience. Um, I think we look at patience as something that is very passive mm -hmm. and you know, that's, that's really not sexy, right? I mean, being passive, like waiting for the game to come to you. Uh, that's <laughs> well, no, no, you go get it. Right. Like, so, but it's about knowing when to be urgent and, and how to be patient. And that's the part I look at. Well, look at patience. I mean, patience is a few components. One, you have to accept the situation as it is. You have to accept people as they are, not as you want them, knowing that you can't change them. You have to have hope. So knowing that you have hope that there's going to be a better future allows yourself to be patient. Um, if you have resentment, right? If you have resentment towards yourself, it's really hard to be patient. It's, it's just not going to work. And then the other part is like, how do we behave while we're waiting? There's so much waiting in every single sport that much of what I see about the best athletes is they just put themselves in the best opportunity and the best situation. So they've, they've, they've used that knowledge of the game to put themselves in the right spot. So somebody that, uh, you know, is going to be a rookie or something like that feels like they have to do everything. Mm -hmm. And it's not anything wrong with that, but when they find, Hey, there's a better way. I just really need to push the envelope here and I don't need to stress about this over yeah. over here. So it's really, it's just being really aware of, and it's getting back to the same thing. I'm a one trick pony there, Lindsay, right? Cash and carry kind of guy. Yeah. Know what's really important. Yeah. You can be urgent towards that. Yeah. I think it's such a, like, to me, it seems like so many athletes, like they get to that place where what got them there isn't going to, what's going to get them to that next level. And they have some realization of it. But they don't understand, like you said, it's like now it's about subtracting. And that seems like so counterintuitive to them. And like you said, passive, maybe weak even. And really just like, is this even going to work? Like, I don't know if you're getting people that have that resistance to that or um, if they're in the place where they'll try anything. You know, that's always a good place to be sometimes from a coaching perspective because they're willing to listen. Um, are you seeing that a resistance is really my question. Oh, for sure. 
for sure. That's absolutely. And that's the part where, I mean, this, it's just once we, and again, it's really just approaching it kind of like through time. So it's getting back and it's really looking at, um, Hey, what are the things that, that mess with your sense of urgency? Yeah. Cause there are, I mean, you know, there are a lot of threats to being urgent towards things, right? Being too busy, not delegating the right way. And I'm just kind of thinking about coaches here, stuff right. like that, right? Yeah. Not not taking the recovery piece, um, you know, not being able to wait for things. So when athletes that I see make that step, they allow the game to come to them. I'm basically selling them on this idea. Mm-hmm. If you show me somebody that is confident I will show you somebody that has patient. Yeah. It's as simple as that mm-hmm. because confidence is patience. Yeah. Look at a basketball game. You get a point guard who's bringing the ball up on a fast break, one verse three, and tries to take it up and, and finish. Right. It rarely works, right? What's a confident athlete do, right? What's a veteran point guard do? Veteran point guard is going to pull that up. Yeah. Right. Wait, wait for everything to get set. So it's just being, it's just knowing when to uh when to be urgent and how do we be patient that's that becomes like the real key so once they understand it's like look patience is not passive it's really it's an active way of just waiting for those right moments then the light bulb can kind of go off but i'm always tying it back to confidence show me somebody that's confident i'll show you somebody that's patient well you know you're speaking my language with the point guard coming down on a fast break but what i will say is i feel like it's such a good reminder because I know so many of our athletes are, or so many of our listeners are athletes or former athletes. And I see this with my coaching students that, um, that feeling of being rushed to get to whatever level in your entrepreneur journey, right? That feeling of being rushed can be so such a familiar feeling and almost feel like, like the right thing. And yet if you remember playing in whatever sport. I think most people will say their best games, their best performances, they didn't feel rushed at all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, everything slows down, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the part where I look at, you know, even if we just, I'm going to use the C word here for a second, right? If you look at like choking, for instance, like it's not always the play. It's the decision before that kind of leads to that spiral. And why was the decision wrong? Because everything sped up. And once everything starts to speed up in the mind, once we get kind of the agitated piece that happens, right, um, that is really the key. And that's the indicator of just slow everything down. Rhythm, rhythm is so much more important than speed. I will tell my athletes and I will share with them the hardest, what, what's the hardest working field out there that there is, right? And we kind of play the game and I'll just throw it out there like farmers, right? There's not many people are going to say, yeah, farmers don't work that hard. We know farmers are the hardest workers, right? but then look at their day, right? Well, yeah, they're up at 4.30 and they get done, but then they're still having coffee and having breakfast. And then what happens, what they do after breakfast? See, there's a rhythm to that day that they have. They know that the day the seed is planted is not the day that it's harvested. And there's always a time, there's always cycle. So they can approach everything with ease, with a rhythm to it rather than speed. And that's the part that I look at. Look, even with the point guard, for example, right? You pass this point guard, that's fine. But if you have one speed, you're not really the fastest. It's going to be the point guard that can change speeds, can work on that rhythm piece. 
Um, and that's the part where I look at how we're getting into flow. Flow is all about rhythm of life, rhythm of, you know, the movement that we're doing and, and even in our activities, all about rhythm. That's, that's what I kind of look at. Well, rhythm equates to patience. Oh, God, I love like every single piece of this. I mean, I just think this is, yeah, as hopefully, you, I, hopefully I answer the right questions. No, no, I mean, like I could, as you and I could talk about this all day, but, and, and as you're mentioning, these are the kinds of things that you wake up thinking about that might've been what we were talking about offline, but you and I are talking about and thinking about this stuff all day long and mm -hmm. the, how sports mirrors life. And like, these are such like nuggets of wisdom. And I so appreciate you sharing them. And I, I, I hope that I can take it one step further and just say, like, how are you and maybe how can other people, you know, we are into action. So like, how can you find these things within your day? How can we find the rhythm? How can we find the patience? How can we turn on the urgency and then turn it off and be confident? Like, what are some actionable things that maybe you're doing or you're doing with your clients or doing with your um, athletes? Just some little things if you have them. Yeah, I mean, one of the pieces is, um, you know, if you can wait, then you can win. And I'm stressing that time and time again. If you can wait, then you can win. That becomes a mental skill in itself because what what's bothering me you got to agitate what's bothering me well what's bothering me is i don't have the results right now is my process good yes um am i executing the right way yes am i is the result are, are the results there no okay well what's that mean what do i have to do well i just have to keep doing what i'm doing yeah. but once i start to press once i start to rush once i start to all right let's let's change it because we're not getting the results now what's happened is now we're not just don't just sit there do something boy that becomes i mean how many people are saying that today well the the opposite is true don't just do something sit there mm -hmm. keep letting it play out right hey you ever drink wine before it's ready it's the same exact thing here right i mean there are going to be late bloomers that are happening in life so you just have to stay the course and stay the process knowing and trusting that the results are going to be there. But too often what I see is, hey, if, if the results aren't there, all right, well, let's just do something else. The problem with that is we get off of our neutral. We get off of our center. We get off of this is what made me successful. This is how I get successful. And then once you lose what your neutral is, it's really tough to get it back because you got four or five different things. And that's the part that I see of you have to, if we're making a change, you have to know what exactly the changes that you're making, why you're making it, um, and knowing this is the path that that you're going to go down. That's why I like it. It's like, look, if in I, I use this analogy a lot. If I ask five different coaches, doesn't matter what sport, doesn't matter what the question. If I ask five different coaches, I will get four, probably four or five different answers. The issue is they're all right. They are all right. But you, if you pick each one, well, then you're going to be wrong, right? So it's if you're on the left side of the road, you are safe. If you're on the right side of the road, you're safe. If you are in the middle, there's a lot of indecision. We're just going to do something to do it. That's where we get off. Yeah. And I see it in, in businesses and, and teams all the time. Because the results aren't there, because we didn't have the patience to wait for it, we changed, we switched. And it wasn't always the right change or switch to do. How does, um, 
you know, what the, I always think about the underlying emotions and thoughts to things. So like, it seems like if someone is not being patient, it's because they are feeling something that's uncomfortable or something, right? Right. And so they either want to rush or they want to change. Like, what are you seeing from an emotional standpoint that people maybe need to be more aware of when it comes to patience and confidence? Yeah. It's the ability, like how, how do we behave while we're waiting? Mm-hmm. The thing for me that is when technology doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Technology is supposed to work. It's supposed to be the plan. It's not according to plan. And that's where I look at, look, that's the personality piece on mine that it's a fault. I know what the plan is. If we're working a plan, that's great. But if the plan gets off, um, okay, well, how are, we, how are we readjusting? So I just look at that. It's like, you really just got to look back. All right, what's the trigger? What's really bothering me? Yeah. And more often than not, you got to start with time. Let's look at this through the lens of time, our most precious resource. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the games you play, right? Hey, in, in one month, is this going to matter? Mm-hmm. Um, no, probably not, right? Um, is it going to make a difference right now? You know, maybe, but it's just about being able to rest, recover, be patient. Um, and this is what's going to happen, what I think, Coach, with with your listeners start paying attention to how many times people are talking about patience now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think of patience as sort of like, I don't want to say the new mental toughness, but it is definitely the arena of toughness that is going to get illuminated more and more because of the difficulty in doing it. The mental game is more about subtraction than it is addition. If you tell me, all right, Rob, you got to go run 20 miles. Okay, I can do that. If you tell me, Rob, you're going to have to fast for 24 hours. Oh, okay. That's why it's a whole lot harder to remove the bad habits than it is to add something. It's a lot easier to add something. It's a lot harder to remove things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Patience. I had a question about more about patience. I mean, I think that to me, as we kind of kind of coming full circle, like it seems like this skill set, there's like the time management piece as, as we talked about early on, which is like a lot of Mm -hmm. the, you know, making lists and time blocking and all that kind of stuff. But I think one of the things that this book is so great and everything that you're saying is so on track is like, we do have a a mental and emotional relationship with time and how we think about time completely affects, if not completely influences how we experience time. Yes. And so when you're talking about, I think I'm still trying to figure out like, how do we help ourselves kind of be almost like the observer and remove ourselves from time because I'm what what, the reason I'm kind of going there is like because our brain plays tricks on us right if things aren't going well Mm -hmm. we either want to quit or we want to change it up but sometimes we also have to change it right like because doing the same thing over and over again so how do you find that balance of like and I I know emotions play into this because that screws our mind up but (laughs) when we're doing something over and over and over again and like keep you know expecting this a different result but we're getting the same result how do we know when it's right to course correct and i don't know if you do this with like your golfers or something when like you know they change their swing or you know something like that i don't know but absolutely the the only part that i can get back to and and this is where i've learned from like parenting as well right it's like when i talk with my daughter about something and emotions are high it doesn't matter what i'm saying it could be 
it, I mean, it really could be God talking to her, sharing with her. It wouldn't matter yeah. because the emotions are too high. Yeah. So what I use and what I'll say is we're, we're going to, we'll talk about it later because what we need to do is we need to talk about all stressful situations and non-stressful environments. Mm. When emotions are in there, it's impossible to be able to take yourself out of the situation and take a 30,000 foot view. You can only do that when that becomes part of the plan, part of the debrief is, okay, after this, that's when we need to look at. I mean, look at like the coaches, right? I mean, the best insights really going to be coming when we're looking at the film, when we're going back and looking at it, not when the game just ended and we lost because emotions are too high. So we talk about all stressful situations and non-stressful environments. And then what are we doing there? Right. Well, we're just using the power of time to be able to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, allow, allow everything to be able to settle in order, you know, before that debrief is, is really going to happen. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Dr. Rob, this is so cool. Okay. Um, I have a couple, well, tell me a little bit about the book and where people can find it before I, I have a yeah, I love it. rapid fire questions. No, I love rapid fire questions. You bet. <laughs> Speed, right? Yeah. It's uh, you know, people can go to can'twaitbook.com. They can take the personality, you know, the patient's personality quiz. Uh, yeah. I do not have the, I do not have the uh, patient personality. There are there are two yeah. distinct types, believe it or not. Uh, they can take the quiz there. They can download, um, you know, the infographic, uh, twelve ways to maximize your time uh, throughout the day. Cool. And uh, and then obviously they can order the book there at can'twaitbook.com. Okay, cool. We'll put that in the show notes too. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my rapid fire questions are, what is one thing you are consuming right now? And you can take this any direction you want. One thing you're consuming. One thing I'm consuming. Well, I mean... I think there's a couple of different things. One thing I'm consuming is um, is perspective and gratitude. I'm always kind of getting back to that. I think those are really the superpowers. I think when it comes to one mental game, if we don't have gratitude, um, we're missing out. If we don't have perspective, look, the process takes perspective. The product takes patience. Um, and, you know, just really trying to, when we say, I can't wait, no one ever says, boy, I can't wait to be in a lot of pain. I can't wait to like really be suffering. No, we don't say that. We say, I can't wait for that birthday party. I can't wait for that concert. Hey, man, I can't, I can't wait for that next show. When we do that, we are the ones that are dictating then the power of time. And what I say is, look, if you can't wait for that concert, then you can't wait to hop in that ice bath. Like, because you don't get to dictate the good times or the bad times. So what I'm really trying to immerse myself in with pay, I mean, with perspective and gratitude is knowing that this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. Now, when we say this too shall pass nine times out of 10, we're trying to refer to something that's negative, right? Don't worry. This too shall pass. The reason why this too shall pass is true is because the, Good times can't last. Yeah. Went to took my daughter Taylor Swift. Oh, it was great, fantastic, right? That feeling doesn't last. Right. So that is proof that the bad times can't last either. Yeah. 
That's the proof right there. Because the good times can't last, that means the bad times can't last. The only way I'm getting that is through perspective and gratitude. And then really just trying to live in that space as much as I can. And I'm, I'm talking about it. The reason why I love doing podcasts, the reason why I love doing coaching, you tell me coach, right? It's like, when I coach others, I'm coaching myself. That's why I love doing it. That's why I like the field. So, I mean, I'm not going to turn around and say, I have gratitudes for that's nothing. Just keep wanting it more. Yeah. More and more I look at it. It's patience and I mean, patience, uh, gratitude, but, uh, but perspective. Love it. What is, I know you just finished a book, but what's one thing you're creating? One thing I'm creating right now, obviously the course with, uh, I can't wait to be patient, but the other piece, yeah, the the other piece, and this is just, I mean, it's going to get unveiled, uh, really soon, but it is, um, you've got a a free download that's going to be there on uh, your daily focus roadmap, uh, seven super fast ways to win the day. And then from that, the piece that really working on is if you give me one hour, I'm going to give you four hours every week, show you, hey, where are these four hours? Where can you get that? Now, what you do with the four hours are obviously going to be up to you. Yeah. You give me one hour, I'm going to show you how you get four hours. Ooh, I love that. I can't wait for that. All right. Um, what's I can't your... wait. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> um, what's your next big leap? Next big leap? Like into the next, what's the next? What's the next big thing? Life or work or? Yeah. I mean, so to be perfectly honest, like the book took a lot out of me. Yeah. Um, so I'm either writing or I'm racing. Um, what I'm doing right now, I'm going to allow that to sort of come to me, but just really 100% just focused on um, maximizing the time, like with my kids, especially like this summer. Um, I don't worry like discipline and work like that is not a problem for me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not boasting about it. I'm just being honest, right? It's not a problem. Like, so I don't have any, uh, any issue about being able to shut it off and then turn it back on when I need to turn it on. Yeah. Um, I just want to always make sure that if your heart's not in the training, it's not going to be good training. So there's going to be another race. Like I did a hundred miler last year and was did 50 K this year. There's going to be another race that's coming up, but if your heart's not in the train, it's not going to be good training. So I'm just waiting right now. I'm just waiting for that, for that game and just immerse myself into coaching others and helping them get to where they want to go. That's, that's really my favorite part of life. Yeah. So cool. Um, What's one daily habit that you do that others might be interested in? One daily habit. So something I do every day is run or work out. Good one. First thing in the morning. Good one. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people say that, but I mean, that's, I think that's, that's the best medicine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and your book opens up with your hundred mile race. So people can look forward to reading that story. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, Dr. Rob, this has been so helpful. Tell us where we can, I know you're on Instagram. Where's the best place to yeah, absolutely. My website, it's uh, drrobbell.com. It's D-R-R-O-B-B-E-L-L.com or uh, can'twaitbook.com. And uh, really appreciate you having me on. I mean, you do such a good job and, you know, your genuineness. But the part that I love too, I mean, it's just like you being a mom and a business owner, like, well, it's a lot different than somebody just kind of graduating. you're 24 years old and you got all the time, like, you know, 
Like people listen to you because of the cred and because you put yourself through it. So I just really appreciate you having me on. And Oh, Rob, you're so sweet. I so appreciate you. And I've been learning from you all these years. So it's nice to finally connect. And I hope this is the first of many times. So I appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. All right, guys, that was such a fun interview. I really hope to stay connected to him and hopefully have him back on the podcast. But I highly recommend getting his book, I Can't Wait to Be Patient, and following him on all the places that you can. Um, And if you like this episode, please, please share it with a friend. We so appreciate your support. All right, guys, see you next week. Bye for now. Hi, guys, Lindsay here. If you love this podcast, I want to ask you to do three things to help us and to help us grow mindset and mental performance coaching. The first is to subscribe to this podcast. It helps us and it helps you because you'll never miss an important episode. The second thing is to rate and review. You guys, that stuff really does help. I promise. And just taking a minute and clicking those stars and leaving a review about an episode that you like really does help us. And the third would please share an episode that particularly resonated with you with some that you love. You'll be doing them a favor, I promise. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye for now.